This is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesale and Electrical Marketing, with the August 21st, 2023 edition of the Today's Electrical Economy Podcast, sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit and fittings in 1988, and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In this podcast, we'll be taking a look at the pricing trends in the July Electrical Price Index from Electrical Marketing, and we'll take a glimpse at Electrical Marketing's latest electrical sales potential forecast for 10 of the fastest growing markets. We'll also check out some weekly economic indicators that can give you a sense of where the U.S. economy and electrical market may be headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rate count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series for 2023. For the week ending August the 12th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted unemployment claims was 239,000. That is a decrease of 11,000 from the previous week's revised level. The four-week moving average for initial unemployment claims was 234,250, and that is an increase of 2,750 from the previous week's revised average. The U.S. unemployment rate for July decreased at 3.5%. These five states had the biggest decreases in unemployment claims for the week ending August the 12th. California was down 3,519. Texas was down 1,768. Pennsylvania was down 1,254 to 10,600. Michigan was down 1,102 to 4,511. And New Jersey was down 1,096 to 9,106. The biggest increases in unemployment claims for the week ending August 12th. Virginia was up 1,055 to 3,575. Iowa was up 978 claims to 2,589. Illinois was up 866 claims to 9,158. Hawaii was up 712 claims to 1,796. And Arkansas was up 309 claims to 1,759. Leading economic indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic. It's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly. Total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 472,498 carloads and intermodal units, and this is down 4.2% compared with the same week last year. For the first 32 weeks of 2023, U.S. railroads reported a cumulative volume of 7,166,006 carloads, and that is up 0.2% from the same point last year. It also saw intermodal units drop down 9.4% to 7,578,973, and this is from the same point last year as well. Total combined U.S. traffic for the first 32 weeks of 2023 was 14,744,000. 979 carloads and intramodians in total. That's a decrease of 4.9% compared to last year. August the 12th, three of the 10 carload commodity groups posted an increase compared with the same week in 2022. These commodity groups were motor vehicles and parts, up 1,534 carloads to 14,945. Petroleum and petroleum products, up 1,419 carloads to 9,952 and miscellaneous carloads, up 695 carloads to 9,281. Commodity groups that posted decreases compared with the same week in 2022 included grain, down 5,695 carloads to 14,053, chemicals down 1,869 carloads to 29,957, 
and forest products down 1,321 carloads to 7,415 carloads. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes rig count. This tracks the oil and gas rigs operating. The data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com, and this is available on a weekly basis. I like this map because it gives you a good idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. Through the August 18th data, the Baker Hughes rig count continued to slide through last week and it lost 12 total operating rigs. Compared to this time last year, it sent 120 rigs for a 15.7% decline. At the bottom of the slide on the left, you can see where the rig count has gone since the beginning of January 2020, just before the COVID era began. Total rig counts back then were in the 800s, a level that it didn't get back to until late last year. The rig count in total stands at 642 oil and gas rigs. Almost half of the decrease in rigs has occurred in Texas, and in particular, the state's Permian and Eagle Fort basins. Some of the decline also came in the haynesville bossier Basin, which straddles the Texas-Louisiana state line. If you service the oil and gas market, it's helpful to occasionally check in on the longer-term rig counts available from Baker Hughes. With last week's rig count at 642, it seems hard to believe that 10 years ago the rig count was often over 1,000, and in 2014 to 2015, it was near 2,000 operating rigs. While the longer-term trend and the impact of renewals would certainly seem to point to lower recounts in the future, energy market veterans know enough to expect the unexpected in the volatile world of oil and gas. Prices for West Texas Intermediate Oil, or W2I, were $81.25 per barrel on August 18th. That's a decent price level where oil prices can make money. It's also squarely in the $60 to $85 per barrel range that prices have averaged over the past three years since 2020. When you look, at, look even further back, you may be surprised that over the past 10 years, oil and gas prices have averaged $64.59 per barrel. That's pretty amazing when you think that during this time period, the oil market has been through at least two black swan events that no one expected, the COVID crisis and the war in Ukraine. While both of these events sent shockwaves through the market, in the long run, they didn't affect the long-range average all that mark as far as where, where it sits in the, in the range of pricing. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading indicator for future economic activity, and that's because copper is used in so many different industries. The, co the construction industry is among the leading markets because of its use in wiring cable and copper plumbing pipe. The longer-term trend in copper pricing is similar to what's going on in the oil market and that copper prices recovered after COVID and the Ukraine war. Currently at $3.75 per pound on the COMEX, prices are remarkably close to $3.73 average they have registered since 2020, and that's really just a, a difference of about two cents. Now let's take a look at the latest pricing data for some key electrical products. The Electrical Marketing Newsletter compiles this data monthly for more than 20 key product categories, and that's part of its $99 annual subscription. Electrical Marketing compiles this monthly pricing data going back all the way back to 1991. On a monthly basis, the products that had the biggest change in July were power wire and cable, which were up 3.1%, industrial lighting fixtures up 0.7%, uh, circuit breakers had the biggest decline at 1.6%. There was a lot more activity as far as uh, sizable changes on a year-over-year -year basis. Total index was down 3.6% year-over-year. Wiring devices and connectors had the biggest change. They were up 25.1%. Power wiring cable also in the over 20% up, up 
Metalconduit up 17.9%. Transformers up 9.8% year-over-year. Fuse is up 8.4% year-over-year. Switchgear up 7.8%. Circuit Breakers up 7.6%. And Industrial Controls also up 7.6%. Now let's take a look at the, some longer-term trends for the electrical price index. In July, the year-over-year -year monthly change was still running a little hot at 3.6% increase compared to the uh, last year. The monthly change of 0.1 is just a tick off the, the average over the past number of years at 0.21%. Now let's take a look at the latest data on, on the large metros that showed the most sales potential growth in the second quarter of 2023. Electrical marketing offers data on more than 300 metros in all 50 states as part of $99 subscription. And that subscription cost is a steal compared to all the information that you get on electrical sales. We mentioned the electrical price index. We have we compiled information on building permits, acquisition, population, increases, and more. This slide gives you an idea of some of the increases that some very large market areas saw from the second quarter of 2023 to from the first quarter. Uh, overall, the U.S. market saw it was up in the, on the quarter for a 4.4% increase to $145.1 billion. Uh, a large chunk of the New York City market, which is the New, New York, Newark, Jersey City, uh, consolidated statistical area. Uh, total market over $6.4 billion. They saw, it saw $501 million in an increase of 8.4%. Uh, the largest chunk of the Chicago metropolitan area also saw a very large increase, 10, up 10%. A $339 million increase, total market size about $3.7 million. Dallas-Fort Worth continues to grow like crazy, up 8.3%, $319 million increase. Total market size, we're estimating at $4.17 billion. Some other markets that saw a large increase would be uh, certainly the uh, Minneapolis market, up 10.1%, $167.8 million increase. That is also a market at over well over a billion. It is at $1.8 billion. And you can check out the rest of this, these large markets as well as many of our smaller ones in our electrical marketing data. This wraps up our podcast for today. A special thanks to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy podcast series in 2023. Contact me if there's any other type of economic data you'd like us to cover in these podcasts, or if you need any information on subscribing to Electrical Marketing to get access to a broader array of our data products. Our next presentation will be on September 11th, 2023. Until then, be happy, stay healthy, look forward to talking with you in several weeks.